0: On today's episode of Engage, Rich Wheeler, Chairman of the Negotiating Committee, and Ian Turner of the Scheduling Committee. Here's your host, Ryan Argenta. Welcome back to the Engage Podcast here again with Ian Turner, the Vice Chairman of the Scheduling Committee, and Rich Wheeler, the Chairman of the Negotiating Committee. Fellas, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. You both got your mugs in hand, and today we're talking about new implementation items for 2024, things across the board. Obviously, there's a pay rate increase. The Delta 401k retirement plan for pilots increased from 16% DC contribution to now 17 Those are pretty easy. There's also a sit pay improvement, which we'll go to Ian in a second. I do want to talk about, Rich, the training day pay has increased and then training golden days. And anything else you want to bring into to focus for pilots for 2024? Sure. Thanks, Ryan. Starting January 1st, our
1: pay rates did increase by
0: 5%. That's actually
1: 5% above the SNAP rate, which we got later last year, thanks to the, the new United Working Agreement. So from January 1st, 23 to January 1st, 24, it's actually a 7.1% increase. And as you pointed out, our uh, DC contribution goes from 16 to 17%. So that was a nice little bump there. Training day pay went from 415 to five hours per day. And that is for your individual training day, not necessarily initial qual where you have a whole flip flip of training, but for items like for currency or for recency or for CQ, those days now pay five hours each. Along with that, we do have the new training golden days. This was uh, actually part of section 11 slash 22 negotiations. One of the complaints that pilots had prior to uh, contract 2019 is they didn't really have a lot of control once they were awarded uh, a uh, position and they had to go to training and with the longer conversion windows and not really any ability to block off family events. uh, You were really at the mercy of the scheduling lords in the training department. So with these training golden days, you're going to be able to designate up to six days and up to two groups when you bid the position. So when you go in and and say, hey, I'm on the 717, I want to go to the 320, you would go in and fill out your AE requests. And then along with that, at the same time, you would put in uh, your training golden days. And again, like I said, it's up to six days and up to two individual groups. And they're not bid for, they're selected. You say, I want these days, and those are the days that they have to give you. And then there is actually a, a grid that you fill out. And uh, we actually have some screenshots of that in our last uh, negotiator's notepad. That's 2401.
0: Okay, very good. And I'll link that to the description of the podcast. Some significant improvements in scheduling. And Ian, I'll go to you for this. Talk to me about sit pay in general. There seems to be a lot of questions over sit pay. What is it? What triggers it? And then you can talk about the improvements that just occurred as of January 1st.
2: All right. So as of January 1st, it's now a one to two. So for anything above a two hour sit, it's going to be a one to two pay for any scheduled sit you have between legs in a rotation.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like one way to look at that is if you see in the bid package, a rotation that you're going to bid that includes that SIT pay, it'll show that SIT pay in the bid package and you can look forward to that. Whether that SIT actually occurs or not, you will be paid that SIT pay because it was scheduled. Conversely, if you are rerouted, which now becomes scheduled on your line and it includes a SIT, then you will be paid that SIT pay. That's correct. What I'm thinking does not happen is if you are not scheduled for a SIT, but you encounter, let's say, a maintenance delay and it rolls into a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour delay at the airport, you are not entitled to sit pay. Is that correct? That is correct. So we've gotten some darts and some questions about the difference between, say, scheduled versus reroute versus a delay. And I guess the first question is, can scheduling change a rotation prior to the report time to essentially build in A sit, but that won't be scheduled? It depends. If you're
2: talking about for sit purposes, if you're mid rotation, yeah, they can absolutely change that prior to your report for the day. But that will also, if there's sit pay associated with that new change, then that is a reroute and that is what the scheduled sit pay will go off of.
0: Okay. So if you're officially rerouted and you have a sit, that is now considered scheduled and you should be paid for it. And then linking this in, if you think, that you are due a pay treatment and it's not showing up on your time card. We do have that new feature through Crew Assist and through the app on your iPad, you can submit a pay issue, which I understand is an inconvenience, right? These things should be automated, but also some growing pains. So you can submit that pay treatment through Crew Assist and they should iron it out. You should see it on your time card, right?
2: That is correct. But we are seeing a lot of pilots submit ASAPs after Talking to Crew Assist and getting incorrect answers from Crew Assist. So, if you aren't happy with the answer you get from Crew Assist, please submit an ACE to us so we can double check it.
0: Okay, that's a great point, right? So, if, at the end of the day, if you're not satisfied and you believe you are due a pay treatment, contact Crew Assist and follow up with an ACE for Unions report to the scheduling committee to really ensure to make sure you're getting the right answer.
2: Yeah. And please include in that report that you have already talked to crew assist. If you have a screenshot from the crew assist response, that'd be great too. But uh, if you just tell us you talked to crew assist and maybe give us the report number, that'd be helpful.
0: Okay. Very good. And so getting back to the SIT improvement, it's basically more pay for that time.
2: Yeah. So prior to January 1st, it was a one to three ratio. It's now a one to two ratio. And touching back on what you said earlier. Really, the only time that sit pay is not going to pay is that rolling delay like you talked about. So let's say that you landed and you were scheduled for an hour and a half sit and that turned into a four hour sit because you're sitting on the next airplane and you have maintenance issues. Sit pay will not trigger for that. So it is no kidding the scheduled time of your sit when you get in from that first leg. And just to clarify something that Ian said is it's actually a one to two for the sit pay It just previously
1: it was for everything over three hours, and now it's for everything over two hours.
0: Okay. So the next thing is, it's not necessarily a a new improvement, but the extended duty pay, this is the EDP, and that is a pay treatment, again, above any rotation pay or above the guarantee for a reserve pilot. And it's if your FDP is greater than 10 hours, and that is scheduled or actual, right? So it doesn't quite work like sit pay. Can you explain that? Can you touch on that?
2: Yeah. And uh key takeaway there is also for not transoceanic. So EDP is treated like if you've ever heard the term blocker better, that is what it is. That is where the rolling delay, like you talked about, will pay EDP for that. So that's an, a big distinction between the two. So it is a scheduled or greater, whichever happens. So if you're scheduled for a 12 hour FTP and you end up getting rerouted into an eight hour FTP, you're still gonna get that two hours of EDP. And conversely, if you turn into 13 hours from 12, you're gonna get three hours of EDP versus two hours of EDP.
0: Okay, and so that'll help clarify this issue because I think pilots are looking at, for example, the sit pay, it's scheduled but not necessarily actual, right? So you're on this maintenance delay, you're sitting around the airport for five hours, you're frustrated, you're not gonna get paid for that sit time because it's it's a delay. However, If you had a eight hour FDP scheduled, but now you're on this rolling maintenance delay and your FDP exceeds 10 hours, you will get that pay regardless of whether we're scheduled rerouted because it's actually happening. You are now on the clock for that enhanced pay.
2: Yes. And it's on a day by day basis too. So if you go over one day and under another day, they don't offset each other. It is on a day by day max basis.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for the clarification on that. A lot of questions coming in. New in January of 2024 are standby rotations. And these are different, very different from the Voluntary Airport Standby, which is another podcast episode we've had. You can look at that Voluntary Airport Standby. These, effective with the January 2024 bid period, the company can proffer these standby rotations at certain times. What are these standby rotations and how are we going to use them? Sure, Ryan.
1: Standby rotations are designed as short call reserve pilots that are from another base. And they're designed for only very specific situations, such as weather events, where that would normally trigger double 23K, which means the company has issued change waivers, change fee waivers to the general public. So this actually, to get to the point where they use standby rotations, it actually, the company is already in a situation where they are spending some money on waiving these change fees. This is going to be like your no kidding weather event in New York or Detroit or Minneapolis. And what they are is they are pre-constructed rotations with short call reserve periods in the middle, and they're pre-designated. For narrow-body aircraft, they can be up to between three and five days. For wide-body categories, they can be up to six days. And you would look at them in iCrew. They show up in open time as rotations, and they pay basically straight pay five fifteen per day. However, the the key takeaway here is the first day is always a deadhead only day. The last day is also a deadhead only day. There is a little bit of a caveat with the last day, but in in the middle part, say you're on a five-day standby rotation, the days two, three, and four are pre-designated short call periods that are nine hours each. Now, the company puts you up in a hotel at the airport, just like you would normally be on a layover and you have the same reporting responsibilities as a short-call pilot. It is simply a way for the company to put more reserve or short-call reserve pilots from another base into one base. But again, in the coverage ladder, they have a very specific call-out sequence, so they don't cannibalize the open time.
0: Okay, so pretty narrow set of circumstances. It's going to be a biddable feature. They can't assign it to anybody. They can't force anybody into it. Again, it's going to look like a rotation in open time biddable by both regular and reserve pilots. There's some pay treatments. And again, we're going to link all these scheduling alerts and negotiators notepads to the description of the podcast. You can check back, look through there. We'll leave standby rotations at that, because I think it's going to be quite a rarity that we see these.
1: Yeah. Like I said, we we maybe get half a dozen double 23 K events in the year. And that's probably on the top end. So these are break glass in case of emergency kind of rotation. However, they they can be quite lucrative. And like I said, the first and last days are deadhead only periods. So you can certainly deviate from those. You can deviate a little early if you finish your obligation a little bit earlier on the second to last day. Limited usage, however,
0: very lucrative for pilots in certain situations. Rich, another thing that has been implemented in January. It's not often talked about, but theater qualifications. What are the improvements there, and how would it affect? pilots on the regular.
1: Sure, Ryan. So theater qual used to be fairly complicated that if you wanted to be theater qual, say you did your initial and you got an Atlantic theater qual, but you want to go to South America or you want to fly to the Pacific, you would request the theater qual and then the company would have six months to qualify you in that theater. And during that six month period, you were restricted to picking up open time, it had to be outside of 96 hours. And basically the company had 96 hours to find a line check airman or a LVP to get you qualified uh, on that trip. Otherwise the trip would be removed with pay. Since we eliminated TOE in this last contract, those restrictions have been removed. You now put in a request your theater qual and instantly now you are available to white slip, green slip trips that you are not qualified for. And it is still up to the company to get a uh, line check airman or LVP with you to give you your theater qual. That 96 hour period no longer exists except for pilot to pilot swap board. Everything else, white slip, green slip, swap of the pot is covered under that. The only thing that is still has that 96 hour restriction is uh, pilot to pilot swap. So theater qual is now much more flexible. I definitely encourage us to take a look at the, the new theater qual language and if they have any questions to either reach out to us or to the
0: reps. Okay, very good. Theater qual updates really puts the onus on the company to get your theater qualification done.
1: Yeah, Ryan. The only thing I would do, kind of the gotcha out there though is I would remind pilots that the company always has the option to put a check airman with you to qualify you on this trip. I know a lot of people think that there's no possible way the company can get a check airman with me. And so I'm just going to go ahead and bid this trip and I'm going to plan on not flying it. The company always has the option to put the check airman with you. So when you do these transactions to keep it in the back of your head, that uh, there's a good possibility that I will be flying that trip.
2: And right, also, this is only theater quals. SAQ airports, nothing has
0: changed for those. Very good. Thanks for that with the last wrap here, and this is for the reserve pilots out there. Here's a new feature that is reserve with conflict. This has blown my mind. Give me a a general overview of reserve with conflict feature, and then Rich, tell them why it's a good deal. Sure, Ryan. So reserve with conflict was generated out of
1: our new 18 hour long call. Now 18 hour long call is the best or one of the best, not the best long call situations in the industry. That was something that is very appreciated by our reserve pilots. However, you do have that time period now where you are released 24 hours now prior to a reserve assignment. We went from same day, next day to same day, next day, second day in trip coverage. So you can now have a reserve pilot who got a reserve assignment that is second day out. So there's plenty of time for everyone to get into position. Uh, However, part of that, and it's a little bit overlooked, is once you get within 24 hours of your report time for your reserve assignment, you are released, you are in the wind. So you have no obligation to the company whatsoever once you are released 24 hours prior to report. However, it was recognized that in some situations, the company may need to cover some flying on relatively short notice inside that 18-hour or 24-hour reserve period. So what a reserve pilot can do is say, hey, I got my reserve assignment two days out. Now I'm inside 24 hours. I'm released, but I'm available. I I feel like doing something else. I can scoot up to the airport and pick up whatever the company may have to offer. Of course, you don't want to just do that as a favor. You want to actually have some quid for that. So with reserve with conflict, you can specify your availability to accept a rotation that fits whatever qualifiers that you want to put into the system. And say, under these circumstances, I will accept another rotation inside those 24 hours. And the bonus to the pilot is that rotation can be shorter or longer than the reserve rotation that you were assigned. So let's just say you are on reserve. You are a five-day reserve pilot. You got assigned a four-day trip out of reserve. And you say, you know what? I'm sitting here. I don't have anything else to do. So let's make myself available. And the company calls you back and says, hey, Ryan, we have this two-day trip now, but it's 12 hours to report. What do you think? And you're like, sure, I can do that. So you scoot on to the airport. The best part about that is so you do your two days of that rotation at your sign. However, you're paid for the greater trip. You are paid and credited for the longer four-day trip. And so you you get back from the two-day trip. You do go back onto your on-call days if you still have on-call days, Uh, but now you have that four-day trip, that original reserve assignment towards your reserve obligation, and that gets you to being full that much sooner. On the, the flip side of that, if you were assigned a two-day rotation and now the company calls and says, hey, we know you're inside 18 hours. We would we really need to cover this, this five-day rotation. What do you think? That You're like, hey, absolutely, I can do that. Now, in that case, you're not really getting any extra pay for a little less work. You are actually doing the five-day rotation, but maybe you are in the position now that uh, you want to fill up early, and this just happens to work well for your personal situation, and uh, you, it allows you to get that longer trip to, to fix your schedule up. So it works both ways. Obviously, if you fly a much shorter trip with a lot more pay, that's a good deal. If you fly a longer trip, that moves you towards getting your reserve obligation cleared out a lot sooner. That works too. Uh, there's a long description of Reserve with Conflict in uh, Scheduling Alert 2318. So I, I do encourage everybody to take a look at that and see how it works.
0: Okay, very good. So, Reserve with Conflict, again, highlighting that it's a proffer. So, if you do put in your preferences via iCrew, it's in the same menu with Reserve Preferences and Slips. It's at the very bottom, Reserve with Conflict. But if you put in those preferences and they call you now, is it going to be through Arcos or do they call you? It- It is a proffer and you can say no. That'll be a scheduler calling you. Okay. So if you have a reserve with conflict in that four or four number, obviously that goes to voicemail, you listen to it and they say, Hey Ian, we've got a reserve with conflict proffer for you. It's a rotation Z one, two, three, and it's a two day reporting in 12 hours. And you say, nah, never mind. no obligation. You don't call them back. It's over. Otherwise, you say, oh, yeah, I'll take that one. And you call them back and say, hey, I accept the reserve with conflict. Yeah, that's correct. And and you will have 12 minutes to respond. OK, good. That, that's a good highlight there. So 12 minutes to respond. And it also seems like you can preference, you can constrain your reserve with conflict preferences just as you would with a yellow slip as well. So I guess my, my brain goes towards you're a reserve pilot. You're awarded the stinky, dirty five-day trip that you don't want, and now you go in reserve with conflict and say, please find me a one- or two-day trip that's much better. You can preference that and hope that something comes up. And given the rate of reserve coverage and turnover and green slips and things, it sounds like likelihood may be high that you could get that short notice. Yeah, that's all correct. And 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 like
1: you said, Ryan, I want to just emphasize, this is all voluntary. Even if you do put a slip in and they do call you, you can just ignore it. Let it roll to voicemail. You're not interested. You don't pick the phone up and you just fly your original reserve assignment. So this is, again, this is one of the new scheduling features that is 100% completely voluntary, like vast periods and standby rotations.
0: It's just giving the pilots more options. Very good. Rich, final question. We actually got a dart from uh, first officer, Matt in Atlanta. Thanks for submitting that. Because of these reserve assignments are occurring now two days prior to report and the call out 18 hours, which is a great benefit. Do you ever foresee or would there ever be a a method for a reserve pilot to actually swap a reserve trip with another reserve pilot or with a line holder who missed it during the steps of coverage? Yeah, some some contracts have different provisions for reserve
1: pilots to say, aggressively pick up trips out of open time. Traditionally here, we haven't done that because there's been a philosophy to protect open time, to run through the trip coverage ladders in a very structured format. And this protects everybody because you want everybody to have a fair shot to pick up a white slip or to pick up a green slip and and structured that way. That's been our, our tradition here. Other contracts allow reserve pilots to pick up open time within 24 hours or or such, that would involve quite an involved negotiations because we have never really permitted that. We don't really think that it fits into our tradition of how our PUA works. I would encourage, though, pilots, if they have a good idea like that, if they want to have us explore maybe a different way of looking things. Certainly, the way we look at things now is much different than the way we used to look at things maybe 15 or 20 years ago. You, you are always moving forward. So if a pilot does have a, a, an idea like that, that they have merit, reach out to their reps and get a council resolution going for us to take a look at it. And we'll definitely take a look at it.
0: Very good. You heard it here. Thanks for that. These are 2024 implementation items a wide array. Some new features, again, that you can try out. They're all proffer. They're all voluntary. Rich Wheeler, chairman of the negotiating committee. Thanks so much. Ian Turner, vice chairman of the scheduling committee. You both have your hands full. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for your time. We'll talk again soon.
2: Thanks for having us, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. You're
1: listening to Engage, the podcast for Delta Pilots. Follow us on Spotify, Apple
2: Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform and receive notifications when a new episode is available.